road you have. You're now tuned in to Marcus Reyes and just sat back and ready to play. Let me take your thoughts far, far away. Now let's hear what Darvetta has to say. We would be honored if you would join us. What's going on, Far, Far Away family? Welcome to Star Wars Audio Archives. So how's everyone doing today? I hope everything is going well on your side of the galaxy. Everything out here on the Outer Rim is about the same. Pirates are plundering and scum is being scummy. About the same stuff. Now let's get to some news. Because some new information about what George planned for his sequel trilogy has come to light. Now, as we all know, Star Wars fans had mixed feelings about Disney's sequel trilogy. Some moments left us in awe, while others left us feeling a bit disappointed. So it's natural to wonder if George's version of the sequels would have satisfied our Star Wars cravings to the fullest. Well my friends, we now have some details about that trilogy that Lucas had in mind. First and foremost, George Lucas had envisioned a trilogy where our beloved Leia Organa, played by the late and incredibly talented Carrie Fisher, would have took center stage and she would have become the beacon of light striving to rebuild the Republic after the events of the original trilogy. Just imagine Leia, the fearless leader, guiding our heroes to a new and epic adventure. What about the dark side, you ask? Ah, this is where the story takes a thrilling turn. George Lucas had a wicked plan in mind. He wanted none other than Darth Maul, the menacing Sith Lord from the Phantom Menace, to be the face of evil once again. And he wouldn't be alone. Darth Maul would have taken on an apprentice named Darth Talon, a character from the Star Wars comic books. Together, they would have unleashed their diabolical schemes upon the galaxy. Picture this, a female hero Leia, battling against a formidable female villain Darth Talon, under the guidance of Darth Maul. Can you imagine the epic lightsaber duels and heart-pounding battles that would have unfolded? It's a truly awe-inspiring vision that George Lucas had in mind. Now, I know that some of you may be thinking the sequel trilogy received mixed reactions when it came to the female characters like Rey. And let's not forget that even the prequel trilogy faced its fair share of criticism before the sequel trilogy came along. Sometimes change takes time for fans to fully embrace and appreciate. But what makes all of this even more fascinating is that Maul did make his triumphant return in other Star Wars projects. In the animated series The Clone Wars, we witnessed his resurrection and his quest for power. He even became the ruler of Mandalore, a pivotal moment in his dark journey. Maul's story continued in Star Wars Rebels, where he sought to corrupt the young hero Ezra Bridger and exact his revenge on Obi-Wan Kenobi. We gotta remember he was also in Solo. So even though George's sequel trilogy plans didn't come to pass, we were still treated to more of Maul's captivating tale. Now, you might be wondering why George didn't go ahead with his sequel trilogy, and instead sold the franchise to Disney. Well, it turns out that Lucas had personal reasons behind this decision. He really didn't want to start a new trilogy, but he was also about to become a father to his daughter, and making three movies would have taken up a large amount of his time and dedication, which would have meant sacrificing pressure moments with his family. So he made a choice to prioritize his daughter and enjoy a well-deserved break from the Star Wars saga, which is a very honorable thing to do in my opinion. It's something that most of us will never have the money to do. But George did have the money, and a $4 billion deal he made with Disney made sure that he had all the time in the world to spend time with his family. While we could only wonder what George Lucas's films would have been like, there's a glimmer of hope that some of these ideas may still find their way into future projects. For instance, the recent news of a sequel to Rise of Skywalker, with Rey taking on the duty of rebuilding the Jedi Order, could be influenced by Lucas's original concept. It's a testament to the ending legacy of his vision, but until it is released, we will not know. But we can be sure that we will not see Maul in it, because Obi-Wan killed him in Rebels, and this time we are certain that he is dead. Now it would be cool to see Dark Talon as the new bad guy, but until the new movie hits the theater, all we have is our imagination to create the stories we would love to see. Okay, now let's get back to Star Wars Brotherhood, because when we left off last week, we heard from Satine, the ruler of Mandalore, Obi-Wan's love interest, 
She was talking of neutrality in the war. But we also heard from Padme and her plans to give the information that was provided by Rogue to Palpatine, which Obi-Wan didn't like very much. So let's jump back into the story and find out what's happening next. Anakin Skywalker. Coruscant's mix of fresh air and industrial fuel burn felt like home to Anakin. Strange for someone who grew up on a desert planet that seemed to collect most of the galaxy's discarded technology. Mill, on the other hand, didn't seem nearly as enthusiastic about the return. Her shoulders slumped and she avoided anyone's gaze, instead looking down or away the whole time. Obi-Wan marched off without a second thought, and R2-D2 rolled behind, wheels bumping over the uneven deck plates on the loading ramp. I see Master Yoda down there, she said as Anakin knelt down. He glanced over his shoulder to see the Grand Master ambling toward Obi-Wan, moving gingerly with his cane to meet Obi-Wan halfway up before promptly starting their discussion. Looks like he wanted to debrief Obi-Wan immediately. But hey, Anakin said, his cheeks lifting with a smile. This is good timing. I can tell him about everything you've accomplished. You're close to the age for being selected as a full Padawan. I imagine once word gets out, several Jedi Knights will want to master. Mills said, looking up at him. Their eyes finally connected. And he could see the confidence she'd built up over the past few days lurking behind a sudden nervousness. Something that seemed out of character for the person she'd become. I know you feel like you don't fit in. I feel that way too. A questioning, he said. And though he didn't want to mention Ventress, he considered her very words in the tunnel. But you can turn that into something stronger. Your empathy... Your abilities, they set you apart. You deserve to be a Jedi. You've connected with the Force. You've learned to control it. Anakin thought back to a quiet moment with Qui-Gon, something hidden from everyone else, possibly even Obi-Wan, on the passage to Naboo. He repeated the fallen Jedi Knight's words now in a position where they'd never felt so true. It will be a hard life. But in the end, you will find out who you are. I understand, she said. Which should have come with joy, but her look gave away that further gears turned in her mind. A new consideration, if not peace, then some sort of resignation. I can sense the uncertainty in you. And when I feel that way, I think back to a story my mother used to tell me. Your mother? Her focus changed, eyes dropping into his chest, as if she saw right into the very essence of his being. Yes, this story is one of my earliest memories. Anakin hesitated, the confluence of different emotions stealing his breath for a moment. It's about a Tatooine myth. The Sun Dragon. The Sun Dragon is a beast that lives inside a star, guarding everything it treasures. Nothing could hurt it, not fire, not flame. It survived through the most impossible circumstances, even life in the core of a star. Because the Sun Dragon had the biggest heart in the galaxy, a burning furnace 
powerful enough to protect everything and everyone it loved. My mother used to tell me the story in different ways. A celebration for good days, a lesson for bad days. But it always returned to one thing, the most important thing. Your heart can take you where you want to go, where you need to go, because it is strong enough. That's why I'm telling you this now. Anakin put his hands on her shoulders just as Qui-Gon had so many years ago. You are strong enough. Through everything we've faced in the past few days, you've shown me exactly who you are. You're brave. You're smart. And you have a unique gift unlike any I've encountered within the Order. You can do anything your heart wants. Mill's lips pursed, her eyes dropping, not in defeat, but clear contemplation. You really believe that, don't you? Yes, Mill. I believe that more than anything. He moved to sit down on the rickety deck plates, his intentions turning in a way that he wished Obi-Wan had done more often. Though perhaps his own stubbornness, his constant need to one-up his mentor, ate up so much of their relationship that a moment like this proved impossible. Sit with me. Breathe. Just breathe and feel your place in the Force. You'll see. You'll see everything. The floor shook slightly as Mel sat down as well. The different distribution of weight tilting the uneven deck plate. He watched as she closed her eyes, then fell into a near motionless state. The only movement coming from her breathing, and the occasional flutter under her eyelids. Seconds passed, then minutes passed. The world feeling still enough that Anakin heard Obi-Wan and Yoda's voices, but he couldn't tell how close or far they were. I feel the force, she whispered. Join me in meditation. Anakin complied with the youngling's request, closing his eyes and reaching into the force. Currents surrounded him like waves in an ocean, each one pushing and pulling at different pieces of him. His time with Padme, his changing bond with Obi-Wan, his loyalty to the Republic, to Chancellor Palpatine, how the recent days both challenged each of these and yet brought them all closer together, perhaps even bringing them toward a unification. He let himself float in this space the pulsing currents batting him around. Within this ocean of the Force, a presence existed. No, an awareness. One that Anakin would encounter at times of extreme duress or deep meditation. Something that felt like equal parts guidance, soothing and questioning. Something that despite his best intentions, he didn't listen to. Qui-Gon Jinn. That came and went replaced by something much more tangible. His mother, telling the sun dragon story as if she sat on the edge of his bed, as she did on so many nights in their small Tatooine home. The sun dragon. He was the sun dragon, with a heart more powerful than a star. He could do anything if he just cared enough. No. He would do anything. He would do everything. His existence in the Force was not a tug of war between duty and love, between friendship and partnership. 
It was all of those things at once. He would not try to stifle himself into just one path. His heart would burn bright and commit to all of it. He felt it now, the voice in his head whispering a simple truth. This was Anakin Skywalker, the one who would simply find a way. Mill broke him out of meditation with a sharp gasp. Anakin opened his eyes to find her looking straight at him. I understand, she said. And though she'd said those exact words just minutes ago, something about them carried a different weight, almost an inquisitiveness. You said that before, he said. A return to the physical realm that proved more jarring than most meditations. Yes, but this time I understand so much more. About so much more. Mill looked like each consecutive word lifted a weight off her shoulders. She got up first, this time holding her hand out. Anakin took it, despite being older, taller, and significantly stronger than her. And yet her firm grip felt like it pulled exactly the right amount to lift him onto his feet. Thank you, Master Skywalker. I want you to know... She clasped her other hand around his, then shot him a look, her smile content but her brow curious. I want you to know that I appreciate everything you've done for me. Of course. Are you ready, youngling? She nodded. I am. They turned, only to find Yoda and Obi-Wan still standing halfway up the ramp rather than moving on. How much had they overheard? Master Yoda, Anakin said, his voice dropping to his usual deferential monotone. I'm sorry. I didn't... Deep meditation you were in. An important moment. Yoda tapped the ramp with the cane, its tip getting stuck for a moment in the grating. Passing wisdom, he said, in a slow and generous tone. Something to say, youngling? I do, Master Yoda. Anakin shot her a grin and an encouraging nod as she looked up at him. I feel the force. She took in a breath and nodded as well, but this may have been more for herself than to acknowledge Anakin's gesture. I feel the force, but I have no desire to ever become a Jedi Knight. Now this part was nothing but talking, but we did find out a couple of interesting facts. First, Anakin's mom used to tell him a story about a dragon who lives in the sun and had the biggest heart in the galaxy. And Mill tells Anakin and Yoda that she has no intention of becoming a Jedi. A little information and a lot of talking. So let's get to the quote of this week, and it comes to us from Greg Crochelle. He said, the pathway to your greatest potential is straight through your greatest fears. Imagine you have a big dream, like becoming a fantastic artist or becoming an astronaut or something like that. Sometimes when we think about our dreams, we might feel scared or worried. We might be afraid of making mistakes, failing, or even what others might think of us. But guess what? According to Greg, those fears you have actually help you grow and become even better. Instead of running away from your fears, he says the best way to reach your full potential is to face them head on. Imagine your fears like a big tall mountain blocking your way to your dreams. To climb that mountain and reach the top, you have to be brave and take steps forward. It might feel a little scary at first, but as you keep going, you'll become stronger and more confident. 
When you face your fear, something magical happens. You discover that you are capable of so much more than you thought. You learn new things, you become braver, and you start to believe in yourself. It's like finding a hidden treasure inside of you. Facing your fears doesn't mean you won't feel scared anymore. It means being courageous and not letting your fears stop you from trying new things and pursuing your dreams. Remember, even superheroes feel afraid sometimes, but they choose to be brave and take action anyway. So the next time you feel scared or worried about something, remember Craig's word. And instead of running away, face your fears with bravery and determination. By doing so, you'll discover your incredible potential and make amazing things happen. You have the power to overcome your fears, follow your dreams and reach for the stars. Believe in yourself, be brave and let your greatest potential shine. And I think that's about all I have for this episode. Join us next week for part 51 of Star Wars Brotherhood. We hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Audio Archives. Join us next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can follow us on your favorite podcast directory. If you enjoyed the show, we would greatly appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. Sway was created by Keen Eye Shed and is a production of Pick Film Media and was distributed by Sway Cast Networks. This show was produced by Quinn McDaniel. Star Wars Brotherhood was read to you by Jason O'Dagan. Sound designed by Theodore Thompson. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs>